0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's business soup. I'm your host, John DeBauwes. Restaurants have been a huge target and an easy one for government to shut them down, open them back up, change the rules, move the goalposts. Well, today we're bringing in the expert Fred Langley from Restaurant Systems Pro, who's gonna share his tips, tools, and techniques on making your restaurant more profitable, keeping it open. Tune in today because Fred Langley will be talking about how to increase your margin from as little as 5% all the way up to 15. Well, pull up a chair, sit on down. Fred Langley from restaurantsystemspro.net is joining us here on Business Soup. Fred, welcome to this serving of Business Soup. Thank
1: you for having me. It's good timing.
0: Well, it's great timing, and you know what? Business soup was meant to serve all the best ingredients to small businesses, and there's nothing that exemplifies a small business than the restaurant business. Restaurant Systems Pro, that's what you guys specialize in, is helping the restaurant industry survive and thrive. What are their biggest challenges that they are facing today in all environments in all states?
1: Well, uh, definitely the, the government restrictions right now, um, forcing closures. Uh, some states are dealing with uh, not being able to serve inside and not being able to serve outside. And so they're having to be forced to go all takeout. That's really just, just having a huge impact that is just ravaging through the industry.
0: Now it's strictly those businesses or those restaurants that can adapt, not allowed to eat outside in the parking lot, which kind of an odd situation. But now it's takeout. What if you're not set up for the takeout business? How does a small restaurant transition themselves to be a takeout?
1: Well, the first thing you have to have is online ordering. And it's not the business we're in, but we are helping restaurants at no fee set up their online ordering uh, through a third-party service. And having online ordering in place, uh, having that convenience for the guests to be able to find you is a really important thing as well. The next step from there is going to be your digital marketing presence to make sure that they can find you online, to make sure that they can find you through the different social media outlets and through your website.
0: You run a restaurant training and coaching program. If I'm a restaurateur which I've been in the past. And if I'm a restaurateur listening to this show and I say, you know what, I need help and I call you, what am I looking to accomplish by calling you as a consultant?
1: We have been consultants over the years. I've consulted with hundreds of restaurants. And over that time, what we've done is taken our successes in consulting and wrapped them up in systems that any restaurant can execute without the high ticket consulting fee. All consulting will get you with my company today. Is everything done faster and done for you? Today, we're providing software and systems to operate, much like the chains and franchises, big franchises have. And uh, we help restaurants increase profit and earn their time back through systems and processes. And we literally help restaurants serve the world better.
0: Now, with the shutdowns that we've been going through, businesses shut down, but the expenses continue. Your fixed expenses, such as your rent, and if you're on a triple net lease, you've got to go directly to the landlord for that. There's no forbearance, forgiveness on those aspects. If I'm still accruing those expenses, what can I get from you or what kind of advice would I get from you by calling you and saying, hey, how do I deal with these fixed and other expenses that I have that keep accruing? You know, what do I do?
1: This is what makes us more than just a software company where you're running your systems, but you can call us for coaching and advice. And we have helped a ton of our clients renegotiate their leases during this time, We have form letters to take to your landlord and be able to ask the right questions, ask in a way that's going to be a win-win for the landlord and for you. We've worked with landlords directly and with management companies to make this happen. So it's no guarantee, but they are in a tough spot too. And there has to be a way to work together with your landlord. The other thing that we do is we always operate on purpose and we start off with our budgeting software that really takes into account all your fixed expenses and variable expenses. And one thing about creating a budget or a financial plan for your business is when you operate on purpose and with a plan, no matter how bad the situation is, it relieves a ton of stress because then you can at least put your head down and execute the plan. And give yourself a little bit of hope and give yourself a goal to reach for in every part of your operations.
0: Talking with Fred Langley of RestaurantSystemsPro.net about the problems facing one of the greatest businesses and challenges out there. And that's your restaurants where you go for food and such. What about other systems? There's such a scare factor. How are restaurants dealing with keeping that literally that two arms length transaction where people are just staying away from each other and now we've got them coming back out? But how do we keep our distance? What are some of the tips that you give, the tips, tools and techniques that you provide restaurants on how to get through this pandemic
1: one of the things that the government's been saying is that, that they think that restaurants are unsafe, and so they they shut some restaurants down. The reality is, is that restaurants have been cleaning surfaces. Restaurants have been washing hands. Restaurants have been using gloves. Restaurants understand contact tracing.
0: They've been doing that forever. They always clean the tables off and, and yeah. the dishes and such. Mm-hmm. So this is nothing new.
1: This is absolutely nothing new. The only difference is maybe some dividers and some, maybe some social distancing, but restaurant employees are trained to operate clean. They're designed to have hard surfaces that can be clean before this happens. So, you know, germs aren't new and the restaurant industry has always been in the business of keeping the public safe. If you made people sick, you'd go out of business really fast. So if you go to 50%, sometimes I've had a lot of restaurateurs panic. You know, if I go to 50%, I'm at 50% sales. And the reality is, is that if you go to 50% occupancy in your place, it doesn't actually mean 50% of sales unless you were 100% packed 100% of the time. And there's not many restaurants that are 100% packed 100% of the time.
0: That's a good point.
1: Yeah. So even if you have half the seating, you don't have times of your day that you were always 100% packed. And so you could end up doing a large portion and capture more than 50% sales based on that seating. I've only had a few people book six, seven, eight weeks out and were actually packed all the time and the 50% really helped them. But then they did other things like a barbecue pits outside. I had a steakhouse that was kind of a fine dining steakhouse. They made an adjustment and did barbecue trailer outside with a smoke pit and ended up matching their sales that they were doing you know just a matter of not being a victim to the circumstances, but taking a step back and making a plan i have restaurants that have bought a couple of food trucks during this time and they're catering you know just this last black friday i had a restaurant that just had a food truck for here and there but they were serving the target employees on black friday all day long for a big catering job yeah. and making sure that they're going they're taking their food truck and showing up in neighbors and having the hoas announce that they're there There's lots of different ways to really um, market and make things happen. You just have to get creative. And I will be actually putting out, uh, I have hundreds of restaurant clients, but I'm actually interviewing 30 of them and putting out those 30 interviews here in the month of December of what they're doing to be successful and to grow sales during this time.
0: What are some of their techniques that they're using? Obviously, they're creating an online menu and creating that touchless transaction and such. What about the marketing? Distribution is the most important part of any business because without it, you got nothing. If people don't know you're there, they'll never show up or they won't know that you have the takeout services or outdoor. What are you telling people on how to market themselves? And is it social media or is it, what's that term, uh, tradigital? traditional and digital?
1: Yes, so it's something that we do actually do, digital marketing. It's something that we've added over the last six months as we've become experts in it over the years we definitely started to offer these services. The thing is, you may not know that unless you're our customer because we don't do digital marketing for restaurants that aren't our customers. It's because so many marketing agencies, they do a good job of building sales, but they don't do a good job of building profits in restaurants. And in a restaurant, if you're not profitable and you increase sales, then you're just going to be busier and still losing your profits. And it's because there's so many variable expenses that if I'm not managing those variable expenses well, I can increase sales and not increase my bottom line. And what's the point of doing that? Because of that we only will do marketing for our clients. And it starts with remarketing and capturing a list when you market to anybody. So part of the traditional and digital part of it is traditionally we wanted to have a list. Our list is our business. You know, I've had restaurants that I've had to close down and when they communicate with their list, they stay active. They stay in the mind of their clients. They can even sell gift certificates directly through contacting their list through email and generate cash that way. The other thing is to automatically build a list. So we use Messenger bots. So when people click an ad, we can deliver coupons through Messenger. They give you their birthday and anniversary and email, and we automatically export that into whatever um, email campaign management software that you're using. And then you're able to continually contact somebody who wants to hear from you. They've signed up. They said, yes, I want to hear from you. And when you have a list of people that want to hear from you, it's definitely a good thing. Email is not dead. A lot of people think email is dead, but when we combine the use of Facebook Messenger, which it gets 100% open rate, it's actually like 99% right. compared to email, you're going to see that there. And when you're contacting people specifically and giving them a birthday offer, giving them a small offer to come in their restaurant, I don't like people, restaurants discounting too much. It can lead down a bad road where then that's a lot of times how um, marketers will increase sales without increasing profits is by discounting too much. Um, You have to be in the business to make money, and it's okay to do that. It's okay to to turn a profit. You actually have a responsibility to your family, your investors, your employees, and your community to be a profitable business.
0: Absolutely. Restaurants typically have less than a 10% profit margin. It could be as low as 5% on average. How is it that you manage to get your customers to get upwards of 20% profit in their restaurants?
1: There's this thing called prime cost in the restaurant industry. And prime cost is total cost of goods sold and total labor. Okay. And what we found is if a restaurant can operate at a 55% prime cost, total cost of goods sold, total labor, including taxes, benefits, insurance then that 45% gross margin will get them many times to that 15, 20% profit. And we do that by starting off with a budget, setting a plan to execute it. And we found through the years, we were founded in 2004, is that if a restaurant is doing more, even in California, Oregon, and Washington on the West Coast, that if a restaurant is doing more than $850,000 in yearly sales, then they can get to a 55 prime cost. And that 45% gross margin is actually in the interpretation of financial statements by Warren Buffett. He will only invest in companies that have a 45% gross margin. And so if you get to that 55%, which we help you do through systems and processes, we take big picture financial goals and break them into small bite-sized manageable pieces that your whole team can execute. If you do that, then you'd actually be a company that Warren Buffett would want to invest in.
0: Well, if that isn't the sweetest thing I've come across today.
1: (laughs) It's really important, too, to understand something about prime costs. It can be many different ways. in this. the reason why we don't say that a restaurant should have this food cost or should have this labor, because you could have two ends of the spectrum. You could have, let's say we have a, a Italian restaurant in California. Now, this Italian restaurant in California is going to have high labor. High labor, low cost of goods sold. It's going to have to. It's just the reality of operating in California. You have, you know, sometimes in some areas, you have $15 an hour servers. When in Texas, you have a server making $2.13 tip credit. By the way, the Texas server makes more money at the end of the day because of the tax okay, brackets. Uh, uh. So what ends up happening is you could have a 20% cost of goods sold and 35% labor. On the flip side, you could have a steakhouse. And the steakhouse could have a 40% cost of goods sold and 50% labor because that $50 steak at a steakhouse could cost them $20 to put on a plate, but it's high gross margin. That $50 steak costs just as much money as the $10 burger to flip. And so you end up with 15% labor, 40% cost of goods sold. Prime cost you can get there in many different ways. And that's one of the first steps that we do with clients is we identify what their labor for their restaurant and their state should be with their cost of goods sold. And then we put systems in place around those targets Targets So that they can execute them. And knowing what you need to do to achieve your goals helps you take steps towards getting there. It's not a magic pill where you just automatically become my customer and you have 20% profit. There's a process that we go through coaching and implementing systems and we get you there as fast as you're willing to work at it.
0: Who is the student? Is it the owner, the manager? Is it a trickle down to the employee?
1: We start with the owner making the decision, but we're mostly working with your management teams. What we need owners to do is hold their people accountable. If we teach and tell your manager to do one thing and you say, ah, oh, you know what, I don't think you need to do that. You can get away with cutting this corner over here doing that. Then we're just kind of fighting against each other. So we need sure. the owner to be, have good leadership and back us up. And then we teach the managers how to execute.
0: So with the reports that are generated, you follow the student, which would be the management team, which then they teach the servers and the people in the front end. The owner can look at the reports and see who's doing what, where, when, and how and be able to manage their business without having to be in the trenches.
1: Yes. And that's an important thing. We help them delegate without giving up control. We help them gain control by giving up control. And that's hard to do if if you're the do everything, I'm the working 80 hour a week owner. What ends up happening is you end up doing everything because you can't trust your team. And most of the time, what I find is these restaurateurs that are working the 80 to 100 hour work weeks, they just don't trust their staff to get it done. And they have all this workforce standing around watching them do all this work. And what we help them do is delegate those things. We have them delegate rather than abdicate. If you read the book, The E-Myth, Michael Gerber talks a lot about delegation versus abdication. And he talks about how systems are needed so that you can give things up without losing control and still having accountability to them. All those systems that are talked about in The E-Myth, though, we hand them on a silver platter to our clients. It's all done for you from training systems to execute to inventory apps and set up shelf-to-sheet to checklist apps that, you know, if a bartender doesn't do their checklist in the app rather than a normal clipboard... The owners and managers get notified that my morning bartender is not ready for their shift. And the bartender gets that notification as well. So then we break it down to the financial goals or here's your budget for labor. Here's how many hours you can schedule. And so now when they do their schedule, before the clock ticks, you have a budget variance report. Rather than looking backwards at P&Ls that show you if you're over or under budget, you're actually doing it before you spend money on the next food truck that's coming, before you write your next schedule. It's all proactive controls and then you're team is accountable to them so you can give up your checkbook without losing control of your business.
0: What about the food service where you have your half a dozen different vendors that are coming through the door with your inventory of dry goods, canned goods, the condiments and the goods that go in and out of the freezer and refrigerator? How do you manage or do you give them, provide them a software application that allows them to manage their inventory so it doesn't run out the back door?
1: Yep. So a lot of the big vendors, the Cisco U.S. Foods and stuff, you can just import those invoices directly into our software and we track everything by the item. And so we can give you variance reports. Let's say if I bought 40 pounds of chicken breasts this week, that can be compared to my POS through integration and reporting that I bought 40 pounds of chicken, but I should have only used 25 pounds of chicken. So therefore I've wasted 15 pounds of chicken. And now you can go to your kitchen manager or chef for the first time instead of saying, hey, please do better. We need to be more profitable, and they say, yes, boss, I'll try harder, you can actually go to them with specific information on specific products that they're using well and that the ones that they need to do better on. And when they have that targeted approach, they can actually make a difference in the kitchen and plug up those leaky holes by knowing exactly where they're at rather than just a big picture, hey, please do better.
0: So if your chicken breasts grow wings again and fly away, you know when it happened. Exactly. So with the changing environment that is going on right now from state to state, If I'm your customer, I have a restaurant, I can call you to say, how do I approach, whether it be the PPP, the, the SBA loan programs, I basically pick up the phone and say, hey, Fred, where am I and how do I get out of this?
1: I recorded all those teachings and stuff on our YouTube channel live when we did them at the beginning of all this. So you can find it today, right now, even if you're not my customer, you can go to our YouTube channel, Restaurant Systems Pro, and uh, you'll find how to get forgiveness in the PPP, how to track your PPP. We have spreadsheets that help you put in your information and it'll let you know where you're at in forgiveness. Most of the that has passed. So right now we're in the forgiveness stage of them. With Congress is shutting down the nation. They really need to be doing a second round of PPP.
0: They should. You know, they they have shut down businesses for reasons that are beyond the control of the restaurant. Now, I can understand if there was a flooding, a hurricane or such. That I understand, but they've shut it down and they're giving little to no support for those businesses, the small business industries that they have selected, basically their targets. And the restaurant, it's not fair to the restaurateurs that they have been targeted for shutdown when they are such a small percentage, if any, of the cause of of the spread of the virus.
1: And what happened was back in March and all this comes out and it it comes out in April and a lot of funding started happening in April and May. They gave two months of funding and it's been eight months, seven months. months later, but they got two months of funding and were forced to shut down. And lots of companies that were not affected at all just were able to apply and get funding. And so there's lots of companies where there was no effect at all the pandemic. They all, hey, it's free money. One on is taken. And so- um, it's a huge problem. If they do a second round, there definitely needs to be a vetting process to show that there's a need for it. And the restaurant industry, there's a huge need for it.
0: Absolutely. And we keep electing these people that want to be judged by their intentions and not their actions. And here they were, they said, we're going to provide this money for business. But they didn't put in the stop gaps to stop these huge businesses from getting tens of millions of dollars when perhaps they're publicly traded. They don't need it. But their CPA said, hey, here it is. And never turned down a free buck yeah
1: you can't blame them the government's no. the one that messed
0: up society shamed a lot of them when they got caught to give the money back but still it wasn't their fault
1: only the biggest of the big ones got it there's a lot of them under the radar people that got two hundred thousand dollars that didn't need it it was only the 10 million people that got shamed yeah but there's a lot of people under the radar that just got all kinds of money that wasn't needed that really could go other places
0: Maybe we will see another stimulus package coming through with the blue wave. We'll wait and see. But in the meantime, the restaurants still have to pay their bills. And with the proposed nationwide minimum wage of $15, do you see that as a blessing, blessing in disguise or a death sentence?
1: It's going to be a death sentence for some people, but the industry as a whole is always going to be there. It's always going to be a service that the public wants. The restaurant industry is not going away ever. It's here to stay. It may look different, but it's not going anywhere. And what's going to happen is prices are going to creep up to to be able to handle it. And what ends up happening, and this is where I mentioned earlier that a 213 server in Texas versus a $15 an hour server in California makes more money is one, they get provided more hours to work. The $15 an hour actually ends up putting the person into a higher tax bracket and they end up actually paying more money. Yeah. And so the, the the government really loves it because they get to say, oh, look, we're helping the little guy by giving them a $15 an hour wage. And then they put their hands right back in the pocket because they've increased taxes under the guise of helping the little guy. And it's really not reality. Especially when you look at W-2s from a Texas server compared to a California server.
0: And so many people think that the businesses are just going to be the ones to pay the tax. Business doesn't pay tax, consumers do. They pay all the expenses, so anytime you raise taxes, whether it be in fuel or on sales tax and such, it's a pass-through. To the consumer and for whatever reason the politicians just never seem to understand that it's the consumer that pays the bill fred i could go on forever with these subjects and you you guys cover so much of the sphere of influence in running a restaurant business have to have you come back another time from restaurant systems pro this has been fred langley thanks for being on this serving of business soup thank you john This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John DeBevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business.
1: This show has been produced by Market Domination LLC.